This is a brand new song called Brand New. I remember back when I was running by myself and all of my best days were just dust on the shelf. There's never been a dream that forget about you keep your word you see it through you restore the life in me I thought was lost you relight the fire in my ember heart you see all the beauty in the old and used when I think it's dead
Splendor of the King. 
I've got something I put together last night as I was contemplating being here this morning and knowing that this is Mother's Day. And we used to give out little gifts, trinkets at the door every year. But I don't know if you realize this or not, but since the inception of Passion Church, we've had a 900% growth rate. 900%. 900% growth rate. And so uh, we realize that after some time that that will get to be too burdensome to try to, to do. So if it's okay, can I offer something to our mamas from my heart today? Would that be okay? I was thinking about you all and thinking about my own mother. Hi, Mom. I'm on TV. <laughs> But I was thinking about uh, all the mothers and even my daughter in love. It's her first year. It just dawned on her this year that ah, I'm a mama. She's always given it to her mother, but this year she gets to be honored as a mama. And so I was thinking about you, and so thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that so much. I was thinking about you, and so I put this together, and then right after this, I have a little a little video I want to share with you. Just kind of let my sound people know what we're doing. All right? It's just entitled Mama. One of the first words in any child's beginning vocabulary is Mama. And a mother knows how to distinguish her child and what they are saying, whether it's love, fear, pain, frustration, or emergency just in the word mama. A mother has a discernment built in by God to read her child's moods, actions, intentions, honesty, and even dishonesty. Like a policeman, a prosecuting attorney, a defense lawyer, a judge, a jury, and a trial, her verdict is often delivered through a look more than a word. Disappointing a mama or a mama's trust is a child's worst self-inflicted punishment because who in the world wants to hurt their mama anyway? Her support at your games, recitals, plays, teacher-parent meetings, and field trips Stand alone as some of the most memorable moments in your life. Don't forget a mama's nursing skills. When she held you when you were small, and as her love melted into your heart, 
when your little body was fevered. Or as an older child when she would set up the edge of your bed with a cool rag, some juice, some soup, and cough medicine. How sometimes secretly you still wish she was there as you fight off illness as an adult. The nights that she confronted you on your curfew was awoken by squeaky floorboards and was just waiting up for you to get home was simply love in action. Correction is true love. Enough, um, even though, excuse me, even though swats and standing in a corner doesn't always feel very loving, yet it is the highest expression of love you could ever share with a child because it's your assignment from God to raise them to have the very nature and character that God demands of all of his followers. So thank you to all of our mamas today. Those of you that are just starting the journey and those of you, your children are grown and you're working with your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Your contribution will never be forgot. We couldn't we wouldn't and we shouldn't try to embark on our life journey without your heartfelt advice and wisdom. So thank you for the sacrifice. And for the rest of you in this room, would you please help me salute all of these mamas who love their children today. Well, I uh, had this message two weeks ago that I was going to bring, so I was going to bring it today. And on the way here, the Lord said, really? And so I said, no, sir. No, sir. What would you have me to do? So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. I don't even have a, a title. If I'm going to give it a title, let's, let's just make up a title right now. It's called Pathways. Ephesians, second chapter. I'm getting there. I can hear the highway. Isn't that amazing? Chapter 2 starts off with... God talking about how he retrieves you from the sin of, of uh, sin and death and brings us to a place of power and might in him. So we are his workmanship. We're created to look like him. So verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Now look at this. Look what it says. Recreated in Christ Jesus. We first were born of God, but then you know the story. The enemy came along and talked man into things he shouldn't do, and man bought it hook, line, and sinker. And then we got our 
we got a separation driven between us and the Heavenly Father who created us in His image. But He recreated us to everyone who has said yes to Jesus Christ, who's allowed Him to change your way of thinking, allowed Him to change the way you carry yourself, the things you do, the places you go, the people you hang with. Yeah? In Him, you've been restored, recreated. Recreated. Say to your neighbor, you look recreated. I'm reading out of the Amplified in case yours reads slightly different. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship. Come on, take a look at you. You ain't junk. You've been made by the master craftsman. There's no junk in you. God didn't create you to be junky. It's that the enemy comes along with his junk and tries to talk you into receiving it. But the way you were created in God, you were created right and perfect and pure and holy as he is holy. When we fell away, we needed a recreation. And God provided us a recreation through Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? I'm trying to get through one verse. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined or planned beforehand for us. Oh, now, I don't know. We're about to hit something here. I don't know. I don't know where God's going to take us. He said, do this. Look at this. God has planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. God didn't just create you. He created a pathway for you in the here and now while we're living here waiting on the redemption that will come there but right now he's created a path a perfect path for you to walk in in this life can you say amen mm. look at this for we are God's, I know I'm going to keep reading this. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined. What did God predestine? Good works. Did you realize you're predestined for good works? That at the moment you said yes and were recreated in Jesus Christ, boom, your purpose came into your life. Immediately you had a purpose, a reason, and a destiny. For all of the questions you had before Christ, who am I? What, why am I here? What is life about? In just 10 seconds in Christ, you knew there was something great in this life and that God had chose you to do something powerful in good works in the life that he'd mapped out for you. Can you say amen to that? I remember when I first got born again, I felt so clean and so free and so free from my past. 
And I knew immediately that there was something I wanted to do for God. I wasn't sure what it was just yet, but I knew I wanted to do something extraordinary in this life for God. How many of you, that is your heart's cry? I want to do something extraordinary for the kingdom. I want to touch a life in a special way. I want to help somebody else find their way to Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that golf clap. That's awesome. <laughs> so that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. How many of you have found yourself at times, once you know the Lord Jesus Christ, once you have met him as your Lord and Savior, even if you just slip, step off the path just a little, you know it. It's evident, isn't it? When you, when, you're, when you start thinking left or right of God's intended purpose for you, and you step off the path even just slightly, you know it. You know it. How many of you, if, if you're honest, you, you don't have to raise your hand, but it's cool if you do. But how many of you in this place have stepped left or right of the path of God, you knew it, and you regretted it, and you wanted to run right back onto the path. That's the heart. That's the heart of Christianity. That I don't want to blow this, Father, and hurt your name. I don't want to hurt someone else because I decided to do my own thing on this side of your path. Or because this feels good over here. I like it, so I'm just going to keep doing it. And hopefully I'll get to heaven. No, our heart is to do good works for the master. Things and fruit that other people can partake of. Things that cause other people to look at your life and go, I'd like to have that. When I worked in secular work years ago, uh, Oftentimes, I was the butt of the joke at work because I always made my faith very plain and very upfront. And so oftentimes, guys would gang up on me, and they'd make fun of me and, and poke fun at me. And I got nicknames, you know, like Padre and Reverend and all these things. And they didn't know they were prophesying. And... <laughs> and oftentimes, I would be the butt of the joke Sometimes downright persecution. Sometimes it's shoved around a little bit. But then when, when I would be alone with one of those individuals who were making fun of me on another day, often they would say to me privately, I wish I had something going for me like you got. And I'd say, it's easy. It's not hard. All you got to do is get on the path. This little wood thing works out real nice. You just got to get on. It's a narrow path. That's right. You got to get on the path. Because when you're standing over here, you just feel yuck. If you're standing over here, you go, something ain't right. And sometimes we stand on it this way. Go in the opposite direction. But what God wants is for us to, boy, I love this. This, worked, this is like, I had this built just for this message. 
<laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. No, this is like the narrow wooden road. All right. <laughs> but when we're on the path, our life makes so much better traction. Because when I'm on the path, Whoever I'm crossing by who's off of the path is seeing me on the path, and they're seeing my life, and they're seeing how I measure up, and they're seeing that there's things in my life that are attractive, such as the anointing that they wish they also could get on that path and walk. And I'm there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab you, Brother Terry. And so when we're there, we come along and we go, hey, Terry, follow me. Terry, you need to grab somebody. Follow me. And this is grab somebody. And we got to quit going any further. The camera's going to go quit. Okay, now you all get off my path. <laughs> Please understand that none of this is prearranged nor planned. God didn't let me in on this. He didn't even let me in on the fullness of this message, but I'm going to do the best I can with it. But God planned all this beforehand that we would get on this path. He prepared it ahead of time. In other words, God knew your life before you were born, before you split from your mother's womb. He knew you and designed a path for you to get on. A path that's going to end in the destiny that they have you to call, walk on. I walk on this as a preacher, a pastor of the gospel. A pastor encourages others to stay in the faith and keep going. Terry gets on this path as an evangelist. Mm -hmm. and, and Lisa gets on this path just because she's a terrorist with, with her words. She's just a terrorist. John gets on this path because, well, he can wire you up. He can wire you right into the mainframe of Jesus. He can just do it. We all have something different to offer, but we all have a, the same path because it leads to the fullness of Jesus. It leads to the final end when I'll stand before not just Jesus, but the heavenly Father to hear him say, you did a good job. <laughs> All right, Holy Spirit, you got me started. What do we do? That we should walk in them, that path, that we should walk in them. Now look at this. Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. My human will is involved in God's predestination. God predestines the plan for every man, woman, boy, and girl, but he doesn't make us get on the path. We choose whether we're going to get on the path or get off the path. And there's nothing more discouraging in my life than to watch someone get a long ways on their journey on the path. And then because of a temptation or a struggle or a heartache, they step off of the path and try to do it in their strength. 
when it's always easier here. No matter, no matter how difficult my day is, if I stay on the path, I have someone to help me. If I make a mistake, I got a paraclete. That's a, a lawyer to stand in the courts of heaven and to plead my case. When the, when the accuser of the brethren comes along to say that I'm anything but righteous, I have Christ to say, that's true, except He's been covered by my blood and my sacrifice has made him whole and pure and clean and he's righteous to walk on this path because of what I've done. He's coming to me and I can just see the heavenly father on the other end of this path saying, come on boy, come on boy, come on boy, you can do it. You can. Don't get off, come on, follow me, look at me, keep your eyes on me. <laughs> so look at this. He prearranged a path, living the good life he prearranged and made ready for us to live. We are living in him. You are God's handiwork, recreated in Christ. He prepared the path. It's not an automatic thing. It's something that you choose Somebody look up John 4, the fourth chapter, the 34th verse. John 4 and 34. I'm trying to get there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Have you got it? Read, read it for me. 434? Yes. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Is that right? Okay. Jesus saith to him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Excellent. Thank you, Pastor. I told you this was spur of the moment. I didn't even get a chance to look up all these things. Jesus said... that you feed him if you you nourish God by following God's plan how many want to give God a big old ham sandwich today all of my Jewish friends just left the room I want God, <laughs> sorry, I just say how it comes out. I want to nourish God. I want God to realize he didn't waste his energy on me. I want to every day when I step out of my bed to be such a terrorist to the kingdom of darkness and such a child of light that the world around me can find the way to the path because I'm glowing in him. And I want to know that the Father is nourished 
by my accomplishment on his path that he designed, that he predestined, that he, he wooed me to, and I stepped into, and when I did, when my will aligned with the will of God, my life began to make a difference. And wherever I go, my life makes a difference when I'm in the path. If I'm aside from the path, I don't make much difference. I don't really help anybody. But when I'm on the path, when I'm walking with him, when I'm doing it his way, my life affects everybody, both good and bad. I cause either a riot or a revival wherever I go because I'm on his path. And the riots that we cause are only in the realm of darkness, only in the demons' territory. It's demons that get riled up. I know sometimes people come at you, but it's not them. It's demons that are stirring their flesh to fight you. And if you're causing a, a riot, you are perfectly aligned on the path of Christ Jesus. Hmm. So according to John 4.34, we're nourished by following God's plan, and God is nourished by following God's plan. And we are the greatest use to those around us if we are on God's path because we bear the most fruit. And here, if you take the wrong path, Jesus will provide paths of redirection. Listen to me. There may be people in this room that you had a mess up this week. We're human. Let's break this down where it should be. Because I think for way too long the church has made us all so holy. When people come into the house, they, they don't think they can measure up. And so many people, how many of you ever heard this? I can't come to the house of God. The ceiling would fall in. Huh? It's just... It's because we've given them the idea that, that you have to be absolutely perfect to live this life. No, no, the beauty of this life is that you are flawed, you are weak, you do blow it, but you have a Savior who gets you through it. That's the beauty of this life. God's not asking me to be perfect. He's asking me to step into Christ's perfection. For his perfection is my pathway. He laid the bloodline for me to walk in. And if I should blow it, and we do. How many of you have a wonderful church service? Things are so beautiful. You're saying amen. You're loving everybody. You get to the car, and before you even get in, you and your wife are going, <laughs> oh, no, you guys are so perfect. You don't do that. Or on the way to church, then you get to church. Hey, everybody, good to see you. God bless you. It's been a wonderful day. God is so good. <laughs> it's true. I got to watch my time here. We're about done. But listen. Even when you do that, or let's just say you put your hand to something you know you shouldn't do. None of you have ever done that. But you put your hand to something you shouldn't do. 
Or you allow your eye gates to go somewhere it's not supposed to go. Or you allow your mind to think something it shouldn't think. Or you let your emotions get so out of whack that you're upset with the world and everybody. And it's kind of like the old man who was eating Limburger cheese, got some of it hung up in his mustache, and he went around thinking the whole world stunk. I don't know where this stuff comes from. We get off the path sometimes. That's the reason for what I want to share with you today. Sometimes I do mess up. <gasps> the pastor messes up. You better believe it. You're supposed to follow Christ, not me. Huh? 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 I'll teach you the best that I can teach you from the things that I have learned from Christ. But I can't walk your walk. I can't help you in your walk. You have to walk your walk. It's up to you. I can't do it for you. And so sometimes I step aside from the path. And I need Jesus to redirect me. Now, I want to be real careful. There's only one pathway to salvation. It is Christ Jesus. But there's a lot of pathways back to him. The world will try to tell you there's a lot of pathways to God. There are not. The word makes it very, very clear. Christ Jesus is the pathway to God. But that pathway can easily be diverted by all the roadblocks and the difficulties and the troubles of this life. And we can get drawn off of that path. And God will redirect every time you get out of his way. Don't you love the Holy Spirit who won't let you hang out there in limbo? He won't let you hang out there apart from him very long before your heart starts knocking at you and your brain starts telling you, you need to fix this or you're going to be in a mess. And there are many times that the Holy Spirit will direct you right back to the path of Christ Jesus. Can you say amen to that? I'm almost finished, I promise. Psalms 27:11 says, "Teach me your ways, O Lord. Show me a plain path because of mine enemies, because of those who are watching. Because of those who are watching. Now we immediately think of people. But look at this. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and show me a plain path because of my enemies, because of those who are watching. We serve a God that is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything about everybody in every moment of their life. God is all-knowing, but the devil is not. His proper title in my vocabulary is punk. The devil's a punk. He's not like our God. He doesn't measure up to our God. He's not even close to our God. He was created originally by our God. But the path that he chose when he got off of God's path put him in utter doom for eternity 
And he does not have the ability to know what you're thinking. Sometimes I've had people who are afraid of the Holy Ghost, afraid of praying in the heavenly language, afraid the devil would interject something. He can't. He can't. He does not have that ability. He's not as powerful as Hollywood makes him. Hollywood makes him locking car doors and running cars over cliffs and burning up your house and causing people's hands to come through the wall. Come on. He ain't got that kind of power. He's a punk. He's a punk. He's limited to what God will allow him to do, and that's it. But one of the reasons we need clear direction to stay on the path is that the enemy who is not omniscient is always studying you. He has demonic imps that hang in the atmosphere. We cannot see them, but they watch your life, and they watch what choices you make, and they bring along temptations, and they say, hey, you need to look at Miss Goodbody. And he plants that seed in your mind, and then you have to go, no, what's the right path? Do I follow that? Or do I run back to the path and say, no, 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 no. That's not what God has designed. This path is clear and plain for me. And the enemy cannot be used against you nearly as powerful as he wants to if he can't move you off the path. His whole entire assignment is to move you off of the path. If he can get you to step left or right, he can keep tempting you. And if you act on a temptation he has planted and hung in the atmosphere that runs through your thought processes, when it gets there, it can become a stronghold if he sees that you reacted to it. And if you reacted to it, you opened up for him an inroad to be a tormentor in your life. But Jesus said, I've given you a good path, a prosperous path, a good life that you don't have to go down the roads of degradation. You don't have to be degraded by the world or by the enemy. You don't have to listen to the devil's slop. You don't have to eat at the pig trough of the enemy. No, no, that's what happened to the prodigal son. But the prodigal son, even eating at the pig trough of society, realized one day, there's a better life than this. I had a better path with my father, and he got back on the path and ran to the father and the father saw him coming and ran to him and wrapped him up and lifted him up and started calling for a party started calling for the fatted calf why because the pathway even if you squandered all of your talents your pathway in God is filled with God's goodness his good intentions and his prosperity for you Yeah. I'm almost done. That's the third time I've said it. (laughs) That's right. So let's don't be impressed with the devil. You know, the disciples were sent out to preach two by two. 
And when they came back, their first boast was, Woohoo! Devils are subject to us. Look what Jesus did. We have to be careful because a lot of times we'll get, we'll get around a certain thing in the body of Christ and we'll lift that up. And anything that we lift up over the rest of the canon of the Word of God becomes a misdirection of the gospel. It's a part of the truth. The real truth that Jesus said you should rejoice over isn't that devils bow and bend and cry and screech and throw people to the floor and you cast them out and you look like some kind of a hero. He said the thing that you should rejoice is that your father has written your name in the Lamb's book of life the day you got on the path. Mm -hmm. I got to hurry. So, God's blessings, ladies and gentlemen, are far above the demon's attempt to destroy your victory. God's blessings are far above the devil's attempt to destroy your victory. Just stay on the path. Stay on the path. When temptation comes, stay on the path. When trial comes, stay on the path. When your life falls apart, Stay on the path. When you're hurting, when you're broken, when you're grieving, stay on the path. When your body is racked in pain and you can't even pray for yourself, let your brothers and sisters help you stay on the path. That was the story of the four who tore the roof off to get the man before Jesus. He couldn't have faith to get up there. He couldn't tear the roof off, but his friends could. Mm -hmm. So, we need to come up and operate in his way because God is all-knowing and the devil is not. He just wants to interject and make his way into your thoughts. But Jesus said, Satan found nothing in me. Think about that. Satan found nothing in me. Jesus wouldn't take the thoughts interjected by Satan. As hard as he tried, the devil couldn't persuade Jesus off of the path to the Father. Because he knew he was laying a path for you and me. He knew we would have to walk in his footprints. Are you still with me? Closing number nine. So let's show the devil faith. I'm not talking about blab it and grab it. I'm talking about faith that sometimes doesn't even have to be spoken. Faith in my heart that when the devil comes, I go, no, not today. You can dump that trash somewhere else, but you're not dumping it in my pathway. You're not dumping it in my mind. You're not dumping that trash and leaving a mess for me to clean up. No, 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 no. Take it with you. I'm staying on the path with a father. So let's not give the devil anything to work against us with. I want to get me a big old button that says, no, no information. 
No information. You can knock on my door, devil. I ain't giving you nothing. I ain't giving you nothing to work with. You're getting nothing out of me. Turn to your neighbor and say, the devil ain't getting nothing out of me. <laughs> Philippians 128 says, and in nothing be terrified by your adversaries. Think about that. In nothing, in nothing be terrified by your adversaries. <laughs> I have one last thought I must share, even though there's a lot of stuff here. It's hard to believe I can pull this much together in such a short time. Look at your neighbor, kind, tender, loving, and say, are you constant? Are you constant? Not constipated. <laughs> I know what some of you jokers were thinking. But are you constant? Because you hinder the answers that come from God on your pathway if you do not stay consistent. The Holy Spirit works with our constancy. The Holy Spirit works in unison with us, in partnership with us as we walk out our faith. But when you stop, the Holy Spirit has to stop because he cannot and will not override your will. So when you're walking this path, the Holy Spirit is walking with you, helping you, wooing you, encouraging you, strengthening you. But when you decide to stop, he has to stop and wait on you. You've got to be constant. We've got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Something that he can use. Ladies and gentlemen, cope is not a word that's found in the Bible. Sometimes we just cope. Cope. Yeah, I'm not going to move forward. I'm just going to cope with what's going on in my life. I'm not going to walk as a victor. I'm coping. Things aren't going well. I'm coping. Well, if you're coping, you're standing still. If you're just receiving what the enemy's throwing at you, you're standing still. And this is a progressive walk from the day I say yes to the day I cross the finish line. The Holy Spirit is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful partner because when I stop, he stops. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up on me. He keeps talking to me to get back on the path. He keeps encouraging me to get back on the path so he can help me get to the finish line. Get back on the path. Get back on the path. 
Get back on the path. There's a blessing waiting for you just ahead. Get back on the path. God's got something special for you, but you can't get it here. Get back on the path. Get back on the path. Get back on the path. I want you to understand the Holy Spirit, every moment of your life, is encouraging you to stay on the path. He's always working with you to stay on the path that God predestined for you, that you could live a a blessed and prosperous life. Can you say amen? Golly, long-winded preachers. I'm sick of them. Overcoming is in the word, but coping is not. And your consistency in your victory shows the devil his doom. Because as long as you stay consistent, the devil cannot touch you the way he could not touch Christ. The devil gave up on him and said, I've got to murder him to get him out of the way because I can't get him. Oh, I hope I torment the devil that much. I want to torment the devil that much. So, Holy Spirit, help me stay on the path. Help me to stay on the path. We have victory in Jesus. The devil just needs to see you consistent because devils feed on your inconsistency. Rejoice in the voice of victory. Because silence is a sign of weakness to the devil. So when you come into the house of God, or when you come into a difficult moment, Satan hates it when you praise because it's an opposition to his plan. He wants you to curse God. He's trying to get you to curse God. But if you come in and you throw up your hands and you magnify him and you glorify him, you just defeated his purpose. If in the most difficult hour of your life you kneel by your bed or in your prayer closet, wherever it would be, or running down I-35, it makes no difference. When you begin to call upon his name, when the devil's bombarding your mind and trying to talk you off of the pathway, or he's tormenting you over something that's going on, a circumstance, while blaming God for the circumstance that's happening in your life, trying to get you ill-focused at God and upset with him, the devil's doing his best. But if you'll stay consistent on the path and say la 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 you can talk till your tongue falls out of your mouth devil you're not getting me off the path my God would not forsake me my God has made me more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus and I will never never step in your path again if you believe that give the Lord a shout stand to your feet With your head bowed, your eyes closed for just one moment. I'm going to have you stay with me just for a moment. Father, I pray for these under the sound of my voice. I know, Father, the building's a little warm. I know, Father, that today, Father, this message was just brought right out of the thin air under the direction of the Holy Spirit. But, Holy Spirit, I know that whatever I said, Father, you can turn it into an absolute victory dance for those under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that what was said today made sense. I pray that what was said today, Father, gives them a clear path to victory. And God, we thank you and praise you and worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed for just a second. You're here today. And I know we've already had one altar call today, but you're here today. And I know the restaurants are waiting. But you're here today, and you recognize I've 
not been on the path. Or maybe momentarily I'm standing a little to the side. And I hear the Holy Spirit, I just need to get redirected. If that's you, would you raise your hand in this place and say, pray with me, Pastor. Thank you. That's honest. That is honest. That is honest. That is honest. Thank you. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Those of you that have your hand raised, you don't need me. You need Jesus. So everybody else, raise your hand so we won't know who has their hand up right now. Father, for these five to six individuals, God, they've gotten just a little off path today. Today, right now, by an act of my will, I say yes to Jesus and no to my self-will. I want to do it your way, God. I don't want to do it my way because it only leads me into heartache and pain and struggle. I'm tired. I'm sick of doing the stupid things, the ungodly things. Give me the power to do the right things. Holy Spirit, nudge me back. Woo me back onto the path of righteousness. And I make a faith declaration that from this day forward, I'm not going to listen to the voices around me, the voices in my head, but the voice of the Lord and His Word and His will will be my ongoing pursuit all the days of my life. From this day forward, I'll not stop, I'll step off of your pathway again. But I'll walk with you, allowing you to work with me, change me, mold me, shape me, and make me consistent in my walk with God so that the devil can't find a thing to blame on me. Father, I praise you, I magnify you, and I glorify you today for receiving, for receiving this divine instruction. I take it to my heart. I will live it out. Out of my heart, I will live for you all the days of my life. I ask it in Jesus' name.